Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today on the show, I'm talking with Jane Liu. You might know the name. She's one of the sharks on Channel 10's Shark Tank. And she's the creator and CEO of Fashion Empire Shopo. Well, today we are talking about her life, her money, her view on the world, and it's a really fun chat. Uh, There's a lot of similarities between me and Jane, which I found fun. I was on her podcast. I go and have a listen to the Lazy CEO. I did an episode with her and we had a lot of fun. But we can't do these Thursday shows without Global X. Global X is bringing the world of innovation to Australian investors with Beyond Ordinary Tech ETFs. From AI and robotics to the big brands you know and love, explore the possibilities at globalxetfs.com.au. AFSL 466778, investing involves risks and returns are not guaranteed. Refer to the relevant PDS and TMD. Well, let's get into it. My name's Glenn James. I'm with Jane Liu, and this is my millennial money. Jane, what does money mean to you? For me, it gives you flexibility, freedom, and I think a sense of security. I think for my parents and I, having we're immigrants, we came when I was eight, um, and I think... It comes with risks and other things that can make you anxious, but having um, money makes you feel more secure. Have you ever copped much shame or shade for having your successful business? Uh, not that much. Even my, I have friends and like even some of the girls I work tell me like, you don't need to be so apologetic about it. I'm, I'm a little bit like... You know, sometimes you kind of like go, you, you, it's weird because sometimes you're like, oh my God, I'm doing this. This is so great. You put it on social media. But sometimes I can be very, a bit apologetic about it. Mm. Um, I actually, I feel like I got scarred by this one incident. Um, this might be an overshare, but we'll just do it. I, I, years ago, like I think this is seven years ago, maybe, right? Um, and I've been running a business for eight years. And then me and uh, my general manager, we go off and to Paris to put together an influencer trip and we're like trying to save money by doing it ourselves and everything is like you know just we're, we're very money conscious um and then but we go a day early and then we went to the Champs de Lycée and we bought designer bags so this is her first designer bag as a general manager of a fashion company and I'm the CEO and owner and then we put it onto social media we posted a photo of, of us in front of Chanel with our bags just one bag. And then there's a girl at work made a meme about us. And so, yeah, and that was like, oh, you know, and I think she probably didn't get a pay rise because there was, people don't get pay rises because of other issues like performance that mm. they don't think about. Yeah. And then she, yeah, made a um, post being like, oh, can't give a pay rise, but. Um, but you can buy but a you Chanel buy bags. Chanel bags. And it's mm. like, I just. Don't think that's – and then I feel like that actually probably had a bigger impact on me than it should have because I still kind of feel bad about things. Do you think there is that thing with some people that may be in your sphere or whether they've been ex-employees or in your world that 
have the attitude that because I can't have this, you shouldn't be able to either? Mm, I, I guess I, I have... Um, very good people around me now. I, I think my friends are all really great and they um, get it. Like, I don't know, I've, who knows what people say to your face and behind your back. But I think the one thing that people know is how hard I've worked for it. Mm. And so I think, and also how my husband works in the business now, how hard he works. Like we put the kids to bed at like nine like eight, we aim for eight thirty. They're terrible. They go to bed at nine, and then we go back to work for like three or four hours. Mm. And so they people know that how the I think what people don't actually understand is the cost of capital. That how much we're risking constantly, like in the business, by putting it into stock into expenses. I think that people don't mm. necessarily understand, but um, the hard work they see, and I think a lot of people are like to my face, like you deserve this. This is great. I'm yeah. happy for you. <laughs> and the rest is their business. Yeah. What do you reckon like in your own experience, even starting the business over the last 10 years, what would you say is the number one learning that you've had? Oh, my God. This is so deep. <laughs> this yeah. is so like the number one learning Or I've was had. there something that even recently you thought far out, if I was to start this and do it all over again, mm. I wouldn't do that or, oh, I've learned that this or has there been something on your mind recently about philosophically with your life and the business that I think you've noted? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that has kind of like fucked the business a bit and now it's back, it's fixed, is sometimes not following my gut and then also letting hiring people who are like you think have more experience than you. Obviously you have to, right? And then there's why the business is great is because we've hired great people, but sometimes letting the wrong people lead it down the path that you don't want and not being like, I guess, I guess in a way not being like a pushover, like which is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a loud, loud and outgoing person, but like I think sometimes not sticking to my guns for things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most people who, you know, even run your own business or, if you've got a project at work, like you're so embedded in it. And I've said to my team, like they come to work and go home, quote unquote, and I know a lot of them think about it, yeah. but the problem is I can't ever escape my business. It's, yeah, it exactly. is me yeah. and there are some things and it's my biggest challenge has been when I tell the team, my gut says we need to go in this direction, they might want to know the incremental steps mm. and I don't have those steps to give them. I, all I have is a direction. So I've personally felt that it has been hard to get my gut feeling and vibe and bring the team along. And all I've yeah. resolved is like, hey, can you please go with me just in this direction? Yes. I know it doesn't make sense to you, but I've been thinking about this 25-8 for the last three months. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, and I think where I've gone wrong is letting people set that direction. I think maybe at a time where I've like – felt like oh, I didn't know the the direction or like, oh, I didn't know what the next phase of growth for us is. Mm. And so, you know, you can't out, you, it's sort of like, what's the word? You can't crowdsource for that, you know? Yeah. I think it's like you don't. You can't outsource your own personal strategy almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it's almost like focusing too hard on growth over profitability. I think that's also a mistake. Mm. Um, I, I understand that you have to, 
if some businesses are like winner takes all businesses in those kind of markets, like a marketplace business, for example, but the majority of like businesses that, that we see are, um, you know, they're, they're e-commerce or service providers and it's like it's not a winner takes all. You don't have to grow for the sake of it. Um, profitability and money, money in the pocket means a whole lot. Yeah, and I've realised when it comes to money, more is more. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So I like, I met you, how long we've been going? Eight minutes. I met you (laughs) nine and a half minutes ago. Um, I'm getting a bit of a vibe that we've got some similar traits. Um, Particularly, I want to know why it is the lazy CEO because, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of me. Uh, I feel like I'm a a lazy person because I don't want the empire. Now, Mm. you've created an empire, right? Did you have intentions to create the empire or did you fall into it and it took off and what's your view on this whole success versus luck? Uh, I think, yes. Okay, good questions. Let me try and make sure I remember them all. Okay, so my my lazy philosophy is I think it's a Bill, Bill Gates said it, um, if you want something done efficiently, give it to a lazy person. Yes. So I'm about finding like the right process and method of doing something. Um, and another way of looking at it is also like, if you love what you do, you're not actually working. So I feel like I don't really work that much. Yeah. Um, and then also it's, um, I think part of the success of Shopo has been the fact that I've been able to hire for my blind spots and the things that I don't, I'm not good at or I don't want to do. And so mm. um, essentially it is about being lazy because, you know, I think sometimes you can get caught up being working really hard in the business and it's like, also it's like, have you bought yourself this job that you don't want? Like, like a really hard job. It's like, you want to, it's like ultimately why are you doing what you're doing? And then in terms of the empire, I, had no idea it was going to be this big. I did not plan for this. All I wanted was to get out of my accounting job that I was in. I was just like, uh, it wasn't my idea to get into fashion retail. This girl came to me with this idea. She's like, let's do fashion. Let's do, um, we'll, we'll run these pop-up stores. I'm like, we don't just run pop-up stores. Short, like, sorry, we don't do fashion. Like fashion is like, you're going to be like a rich Eastern suburbs connected. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something you just, do as a 20 year old, like you need to have connections, you need to have experience. Mm. Um, and so, but anyway, I was like, well, let's just do it. And then that business failed. I actually quit my job for it. And then I couldn't get another job because it was in the middle of the global financial crisis. And so by default, because I was out of options, I was like, okay, I'll start another business. Mm. And then the only experience that I had was in retail, fashion retail. So that's kind of how it happened. And then in terms of the size and the scale, like, and also when I first started the business, because I had quit my job, I couldn't tell my parents that I quit my job because they were like immigrant, as I said, immigrant immigrant family, they sacrificed everything for me. They worked so hard so then I could have a secure job. And I was at a big four accounting firm. Like they had this like 30 year mortgage that there's no way they could pay for it. They needed someone like to tell them that I had just given up everything that I or they together we've been working so hard for to sell clothes. Um, like there was just no way I could explain that to them. So I didn't tell them. So my goal was just to make like $55,000 a year. So then that was more than my accounting salary at the time. And then I thought that would be enough because I've got my salary. I've, I'm making what I used to make and I was happy. 
Do you think, and this is, I want everyone listening to this, think about your current job now and I'm going to ask Jane this question. Were you an accountant named Jane or a girl named Jane who was doing accounting? Um, a girl named Jane that fell into accounting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even like, it was such a privilege because I did a cadetship. Like so many people applied. They took this company, KPMG, one of the big fours, took 40 people um, straight out of high school and they were, gonna, they were going to pay you. You were going to get on the job experience and then you were doing, you were going to study accounting and a finance commerce degree. And I just wanted that. I didn't even know what accounting was when I got the job. Yeah. And then when I realised, I was like, oh, my God. And that's it because, like, I want everyone to think about that statement, whether you're driving a tram at the moment, whether you're a supermarket, whether you're a hairdresser or whether you're a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, is that you or are you meant to do something else and, oh, I fell into this? And it's crazy that you have to make that decision mm. when you're 17 or whatever. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? It's so wild that like I don't know how you could. It's such a it's a, such a big commitment, especially like things like medicine and law because there's so much more work after you, you after uni. Yeah, I know someone who went from school into medicine mm. and got on the train treadmill or whatever, hates it, can't get off. Oh, my God. Like it's just such you a – got to love it. My um, my sister-in-law um, – well, they're actually my three sister sisters-in-law are all doctors. Wow. But one of them, Anna, who um, she's just finished everything as a oh, – I feel bad. Is she 32? I don't know. But she's 32. She studies her butt off and she's an ophthalmologist, which is like one of the hardest totally, yeah. things to get into. But it's like, man, if you decide that you didn't like that train halfway, you've committed so much work. Um, but now that she's in, she's like. So question, s- three, three sister-in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a husband with three sisters or three husbands with one sister? <laughs> Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, oh, yeah, the question about luck or v- luck. Success or su- success. Success or luck. Luck. Um, I think there's definitely an element of luck in it, but I think there's so much of the success of Shopo, I would say the biggest factor is timing mm. because of the time I got into e-commerce and the time I got into social media. Like I was able to slowly figure out how to do social media um, and make it work. Because if you imagine if you're trying to do it now, everyone's already so ahead. Like even it's like if you did TikTok back in tw- like 2018, you know, like that yeah. would be great. But so that, that's timing. It's like, What's the thing like? I think some other company came out with um, a YouTube before there was this codec player that came with the YouTube. I don't know, like you know, like that was because of the timing. Because other people tried to launch similar YouTubes, and then I think Uber and Airbnb worked because of the GFC because people were like Mm. willing to like lower their standards to stay in a stranger's house or like um, or rent their own house out. Um, But um, yeah, so I think timing was probably the biggest factor, and then so. Was it luck that brought me to that timing? Because like it felt like bad luck that my business partner fucked me over mm. and I had to start another job. But maybe that is good luck. So I did, I think there's definitely like some element of luck in there. Yeah, and that's why I think it's really important to. Well, for me, like I, if I had to start my millennial money today, there's no way I could do it again to the mm. scale and grow it. Like I was right place, right time, yeah. right thing. However, someone said to me the other day, he goes, well, it's 
must be good because people are still listening and it's still growing. So there is that. Yeah. There is that luck. There is that success. And because if you weren't good at what you did, you might get the lucky chance, but it wouldn't last. Yeah. Or like if you started today, you would have people more established like yourself already in the game. Yeah. And then you would also like the quality at which you're doing it now compared to the start, you wouldn't be able to, and you wouldn't be able to, I guess it's like, because the podcast thing is like, it's a slow, it's, it's slower than like going on TikTok and getting viral, right? Totally, like yeah. Um, you got to like commit. And I think these days, I, they say this thing, like most podcasts don't make it past seven really? episodes. Yeah. I don't know, my friend who in, in, in the podcast industry <laughs> told me that. It's so funny. I was, I was walking down Pitt Street today and I'm like, oh, it'd be a cool name for a podcast called The Wantrepreneur, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I'll just see if there's any wantrepreneur podcasts. And the whole thing around that wantrepreneur thing is like, you're going to do it and you always got these ideas and yeah. you never alluded. Anyway, there was one podcast, Wantrepreneur. I think he lasted three episodes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you were a prophecy that fulfilled. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, the name in itself, yeah. A want, want caster. A want caster. <laughs> yeah, the want cast. Look, let's get into some questions from uh, people on Instagram and mm. in my Facebook group. The first question from Jane, who's actually on my team. Oh, her I was like Instagram. self-norm. Yeah, that's well, right. It's just from me. It's Caitlin, my assistant, sent it in. Yeah. How, why are you so awesome, Jane? Okay, here we go. Uh, Jane said or asked, what is her best marketing advice how does she position herself in the retail industry? Oh, best marketing advice I feel like is to try different things for yourself because I feel like some people are like, oh, do you do like what about influence marketing or do you do like um, billboards or do you do blah? And it's like it's just it's so different for different people. I think the best thing is to be able to try and be able to measure what you're doing so you mm. can know it, whether it's successful and if it does, then you double down and you've got a license to print money. Yep. But you have to try everything for, for yourself mm. So and, and be able to figure out how to measure what you're doing, which is so hard because it's such an art versus science kind of thing. Yeah. And how did you position yourself? In or the, ha- in the show fashion. Show. Yeah. Um, I think it just naturally kind of happened. There was no strategy. There's more strategy now. Like I feel like now every the team wants like a brand deck and like blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, all right. Now we're going to spend time on the brand deck. And there never was before. It was interesting that like there were a few players in this, you know, industry and competitors. Um, what was actually funny is um, there was a company that popped up owned by a very, very um, rich family um in australia that they started a bunch of different like businesses copying existing e-com businesses wow. um and they they've done the um glasses industry i think furniture i uh i, I heard a rumor they were they were doing 40 different companies i have no idea myself I, this is not fact checked mm. it's just, just rumors but um but then they did one in the fashion industry and they came in and they just undercut everyone to the point where like just doing like a th- half the price, but not even like there's just no way that that is profitable, you know, like mm. so. But because they're trying to come in as a kind of like a, everything's a fire product just to kind of create market share, um, kind of like you know, the iconic not being profitable for years, yeah. Okay, yeah. this is okay. I'm this is about to get really embarrassing for me. 
and I said before we started, I don't know anything about the fashion world. Yeah. <laughs> Does Shopo sell everything the Shopo brand or do you have other brands on the platform? Uh, we have <laughs> a few other brands. Right. It's mainly our own things. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Sweet. But then at this point we used to have um, – we used to design less. We used to have more like – common brands that other people will have as well. And so we're just like, we know what you're getting. There's no way you could even be getting this at a price that you can make it half price. Yeah. But what the impact of that was, one thing is it kind of made all the other competitors come together and be like, we feel like this like we bonded and we kind of like started chatting and it's kind of nice to have that build this competitive. You think about all these different businesses being like competitors, but we're all very amicable, like very friendly. But the point of my long-winded story is the fact that it made everyone then become more, um, start, start to build more specific brands for themselves. And everyone actually, we all these competitors, we were just all very similar. Mm. And then we all started to become more unique and find um, our voice and define our brand. So that was like a great thing to come out of it. And I'm pretty sure that company is out of business now anyway. So. Yeah, well, there you go. It's that whole like you can't just do a smash and grab and think you can have sustainability and longevity. Yeah, because also if you're only winning by price, then that customer's not loyal anyway. Yeah, people come to you on find price and cheaper. they'll leave you on price. They're, they're going, if yeah, they'll get replaced by Sheehan and Wish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah asks a question that we'll answer right after the break. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. Sarah asked, if Jane started a new fashion company in 2023 with no prior experience, would she? Uh, oh, with no prior experience... I don't know if I would do fashion. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Mm. Um, I definitely wouldn't do. Oh, would I? Oh, actually, there was a part I two. I would if I had experience. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm such a dickhead. I can't read. <laughs> part two, with no prior experience, would she? I, I didn't read the what would she do differently part two uh. as whatever, the, as the whole landscape has changed. Same vibe. Mm. Would you do anything differently? 
<laughs> I always say the thing about business is like running a business is a skill. Mm. So I would actually like definitely just do, I would just rebuild what we currently have. Yeah. Um, I would do things differently. I would cut some of those steps that got us here. Cause we, so for example, we started just retailing mm. and then slowly we started, um, doing product development, which means like say this top I'm wearing, like I can be like, oh, why don't we make change the sleeves or make it into a dress um, without designing? And then we started designing our own products. So I would go straight into like hiring a designer, designing our own products, um, just cut some of the, you know, journey, which mm. – and that's the whole point. Like I think every time you, if you started the business, you could just get there quicker, which is why I always tell people like just go do it because – you're learning the skill of how to start a business. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. A uh, question from Catherine. Well, it was a comment. I loved watching Jane on the most recent season of Shark Tank. So talk to me about Shark Tank. Um, I know the concept. I've never watched one. Yeah, well, um, you have to now. You can you can watch it on Templay. Okay, cool. <laughs> So the, someone actually asked a question about Shark Tank and say go away if you can't answer them. Mm-hmm. Um, like what actually happens after it? Like if, like do you legitimately put your own capital yeah. into ideas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, That's why sometimes I was coming home and <laughs> my husband's like, what have you done? Yeah. And especially like sometimes it's like, I'm like, look at this random product where now we own part of it. Yeah, wow. Um, and no, it's so you do invest your, in your own, with your own money. There is a due diligence process afterwards. I think there's like somewhere between like 40, um, sorry, Shark Tank's in like 40 different countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, as Shark Tank, Dragon's Den or Lion's Den. Um, and then I think globally the average is like 40 or 50% of the deals actually do happen. Yeah. And I think that's quite consistent with what this this season has been. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also just my personal, um, how, how I personally invested because definitely um, I get too excited on the show as well. There's sometimes you're like, you look you look back and like that's not necessarily a great investment opportunity. Mm. Um, not saying it's not a great business, but just not mm. an investment opportunity. Yeah. Do you find you're distracted sometimes by shiny object syndrome? A hundred percent. I've actually told my assistant who's in this room, I'm like, don't let me start anything for a while. I need to like just chill out. <laughs> I know, like you're basically a god compared to my business but like one because i've got the same syndrome right yeah and i actually got someone in to really work on the the values and the mission of our business so any ideas that come in i run it up against that statement Mm. and if it doesn't align it's a hard no yes because everything is like a distraction from your strategy. Yeah, what's our it core comes, business? What are we about? Blah, blah, blah. It's got blah. an opportunity cost to it that you yep. don't see. And I think once you've been in the – well, I say this, but I don't know if I abide by this. But it, once you've been in the game for longer, you will see that more opportunities will happen. Mm. In the early days, I mean, you just want to latch onto any opportunities that come your way because you think you might not get another one. But, um, yeah, it's about it's about the right things. Yeah. And then someone said, are the deals negotiated after, yeah. So so basically if you go, yeah, I'll commit 500 grand or something like yeah. that, um, then at the end of the show, that's not binding. It's like, well, I need to do my own DD. Yeah, you do your own DD, but I think from what I 
seen and you don't renegotiate the terms. Yes, okay. Yeah. It's more of a yes or no. I mean, you still can, yeah. I reckon. I mean, if they want the money. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and again, tell me to go away or whatever. <laughs> do you, in terms of your, when you commit capital to a venture like that, do you just have like a, a family trust that, buys in like what entity do you do all this satellite investing in um yes it's with a family trust yeah yeah cool this is not my area of expertise though (laughs) no no if that's not true um that's what i believe it is yes (laughs) (laughs) if someone knows how to fact check it i'm pretty sure it is yeah 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 um there's a question here a couple of questions about how do you source the manufacturers for clothes like what's your process yeah do you have like one or a panel yeah or? I mean I think this is the hardest part sourcing product for businesses people like people wanting to start a business not knowing how to mm. so I just got really lucky that my ex-business partner that I started this with she had a contact like that was our first supplier and we just st- solely stocked this one brand awesome and then gradually we found other similar brands um, and this is while just we're retailing and then we started doing production with those brands factories like or like their contacts and then once we started hiring people into the team they brought in their contacts so it's Mm. been like a stepping stone i just think like if someone was to start a business now just go on alibaba aliexpress yeah and then just give it a go test it out they're like there's some great businesses there yeah no that's awesome now in our kind of last 10 minutes did you want to talk about anything else related to money, business? Actually, I'm going to ask you a question that <laughs> came up because um, there's all these questions, right? But often there's like themes that pop up. Yeah. So I don't cool. often read questions verbatim. There was a question about leadership. Like what's your style of leadership and talk about the people around you mm-hmm. that help you do you. Um, so I think a lot of it, I get a lot from my husband who's joined the business. He's kind of like, he lets us, he lets us be good cop, bad cop, which makes life so much easier for me. Um, we're like opposites. So like, I just jump straight into a decision with my gut. He'll take his time slowly to think about it. And you kind of need both. You need him to think it through, but you need me to be like, let's just Vibe it out, baby. Keep it moving, yeah. (laughs) Um, So definitely like um, he helps me in in a way that I can then go off and just do my like brand things and like new ideas, chase some shiny objects while he kind of can keep the (laughs) The business as usual. (laughs) Moving. Yeah. Um, So that's. Really great. Um, I and then I have to say my sister. She's in the room. I don't know how I get anything done without her these days. Um, yes. Yeah, so no. And sorry, we've got some great team. I'm not going to list all the team members. We've got some how great many team. in the team? We've got like about a hundred globally. Yeah. Like um, we've got like maybe 40, 40, 50 in the office. We actually used to have like maybe ten or twenty more people mm. in the team. And we've not letting people go, just like we haven't rehired roles. And the company, it's actually been so much more efficient, less meetings, less stressful, less people to manage. Business is way bigger than when it had more people. Mm. Um, I think there was some empire building. Sometimes people hire people to solve a problem. Um, when the pro- So, okay, actually I'm going on a tangent. I'll, yeah. I'll come back to your original question, but my husband and I always say this, a business is always short of three things. It's either people, ideas, or money. And so if you're trying to solve the fact that you don't have ideas with people, that sometimes that will not be 
That, that won't solve that problem. Your business still won't grow, but you've just taken on more costs and more people. So I think that may have been like a, a trap that we've learned and um, have fallen into. And I feel like every, when I interview people on the podcast, you can always tell like there's always, it's one of those three things that they're experiencing. Um, to your previous question, which was about- Like leadership style. Leadership style. Yes, I think I'm like this like hype girl. Yeah. <laughs> like like a crazy cult leader. I get everyone excited about what they're doing. Kaylee, because I just got, I came to work late today. Kaylee was like, it's so quiet at work. What's, uh, what's, where is everyone? She's like, oh no, people are here. Jay's not here. It's very quiet. Have you done the strengths finder with Clifton's, that stuff? Oh, the, is that like a personality yeah. test? No, I actually always wanted to. You should I've do it with the team. Yeah. Like we did it couple of months ago with my whole team. Yeah. And just kind of you work out everyone's strengths. Yeah. And then I can be like, that's why you do that because that's your strength. And yes. there's this one called the woo strength. Yeah. And I think I've got no idea of it. It's like you probably do have that charismatic woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we can do it as a start of year kind yeah, of Yeah, I'll introduce you to Shane who did with my business. But like just awesome, like add value to your team. Anyway. Yeah. But yes, my leader, I don't think I have like a, I think I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about, Mm. it's weird to think about myself as a leader because I remember even in high school, we had this peer support. I never had a leadership role. Mm. Didn't go for like captaincy, prefectcy or anything like that. There was like no chance. Um, But then even when there was a thing thing called peer support leadership where you take on a year seven person in year 10, Mm. half the grade got it and I didn't get it. I wasn't even like... (laughs) <laughs> wasn't even the top half, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was catching up yesterday for coffee with Dune, and she's oh, yes. she's, she's coming to um, BitchCon. She is. Yeah. she's coming to BitchCon. When's BitchCon? Like next it's week. Next week. Okay. This yeah, podcast if you come, won't you're... be out in time, and I'll, I'll be overseas. But ah, <laughs> where are you going? Uh, New York and <gasps> New Orleans. Oh, amazing holidays! Or no, so we've got a money conference in oh, New that's Orleans. What you said. How Cool. And, then, and that's like I don't have time to do heaps of time in the States at the moment. So I'm just going up for like the conference, but I'm like I'm not just going to America for one week. And then I said to VD and Sim, I'm like, hey, girls, come to New York a week before and we'll chill, hang out, and then fly to FinCon in New Orleans, then come home. Oh, so, my God, that sounds so fun. Yeah, we'll just hang they out. Have the con- American, they love their conferences. They're so fun. It's also I like it, like to be honest, it's just that being encouraged mm. and, you know, I'm probably like in terms of my podcast, mm. probably at the very top pinnacle of success yeah. in terms of podcast monetization globally and all that. But if you go to a conference like that, there's people that don't have as quote unquote successful podcast, but you go to a session and you listen to them and it just allows you time out of your business to listen to someone else doing something mm. that sparks ideas for I, you. And also, like, it's your, your, your speaking or, or paneling or, like, I, I feel like, I mean, people already know who you are, but I actually love that about a conference because it's a big networking opportunity, but once you're, like, on stage, then people can come to you. Well, you cool, don't have to go to people. That's right. Like, the cool thing is I'm, like, emceeing the whole conference. Oh, you are? Yeah, they asked me to MC it. That's amazing. So there'll be like over a thousand you content. you can't be hungover. I don't drink. Oh, okay. Well, then you'll be fine. No. Um, <laughs> so, yes. I have this. I need to show you. Yeah. I have this thing where I went to Shop Talk in the – oh, no. I went to Global Fashion Retail in um, Vegas 
And on day three, because I had a few different spots, on day three, I was there. I was running late. I went in my like, thank God, but I slept in like pajamas that you can go out in. It's yeah. like I've worn it to a festival before, <laughs> but it's Rasta print. Yeah. And so I'm there hungover in my Rasta pajamas, which uh, you can wear out. And I'm just like, I look like I'm dead. And I just, <laughs> never again. <laughs> yeah. So it's all good, isn't it? You just got to get out there and go to different things and personal growth. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, with the finance tr- podcast trio. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We're, um, so, but do you, okay. And then, yeah. so when you're with, um, I'm turning the interview around. No, that's <laughs> when, fine. When you're with the, um, Victoria and stuff, like, do you guys talk about finance? Not heaps. We talk, and this is the thing, right? The three of us. So, for me personally, and everyone listening, you've just transitioned into Jane and I just catching up. So, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show and all that. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not a podcaster. I run an online business. Mm. By the way, I do podcasting to, you know, to distribute that business, right? And like Victoria and Sim, like, and you to a point, like you're a business owner and we do Shopo. Like, mm. so the three of us together, it is awesome because we talk business and what's working in our business mm. and what isn't. We don't sit around going, oh, what's the best ETF? And <laughs> hey, what do you think about this portfolio? Like, yeah. that's boring and that's annoying, but we can really get energized from each other. It's probably illegal in five states, but we look at, we, look at each other's prices and like make sure that, yeah, we're yeah, reasonably charging for that. And mm. it is really an iron sharp and iron thing. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. And there is a genuine friendship there and, you know, we just like hanging out. So, um, yeah, we don't necessarily talk about money and investing and all that boring crap, but we do talk about business because we're all business owners. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So, well... You can listen to the Lazy CEO podcast wherever you're listening to this. Now, Jane, before we go, is there anything on your mind that maybe you want to say that maybe I didn't ask you or that you want to get out there when it comes to anything? Um, oh, God. I guess go – if someone has a business idea, just go do it because I, I think my biggest thing is just like it's a – it is something – it's a skill that you can learn and you can get better at. Like my first business um, – you know, for example, my first business that failed, I tried to turn it into an online store. I spent a month building that website. Um, my business partner refused to look at it and told me no one shops online. And then we closed the business down. But then with the second business, two months later, now that I had the skills of building a website, I built it overnight that weekend because I already had those some contacts with models and photographers. We did a photo shoot that weekend. And then within a week, we made our first sale, mm. you know, like, and then if I was to do that now, you know, I could sell something today. If I was to sell, I could set up a website and start selling today if I wanted to, you know, like it is just a skill that you can get better and at. So totally. whatever you do though, don't put all your eggs in the basket. Save, you need to, you need to, you'll go in with the assumption that you'll lose the money because, and then you'll want to have money left over once you've made that mistake. Did you ever borrow money in the early days or cash flow at all? Um, no, the first business, my parents let me $10,000, which yes. I lost, which made Sweet. it so much, which is part of why I never told them. Yeah. I mean, and they knew it failed. I didn't yeah. didn't tell them I would quit my job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, never for Shopo. Um, mm. Thank God because, yeah. you know, if... Yeah. Well, the whole thing is like debt just adds risk and if things go bad, any debt repayments can mm. flush you. So yeah. I've always resolved in my business it's cash flowed because in the hard times, 
And I and this is like the same thing I told people during COVID. It's like if you can get through COVID without any debt, with one dollar in your bank account, yeah, the fact that you've survived your business, yeah, and you're still standing, is better than gearing up and leveraging and crashing and burning and not surviving. Yes. Yes, exactly. I um, I and then I heard one last thing. I heard this. I saw this amazing TikTok. Most of the things I quote these days are from TikTok. I think it was the founder of Twitch, and he said that he, I don't know if it was before or after, he fundraised seventy five million dollars for his next business because he's got contacts, and then he, I could, I, this could be before. I mean, I don't have the all the facts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, so he it was he raised seventy five million dollars, and just they kind of blew it because instead of solving the – because they raised the money before they had true product market fit. And then so instead of trying to solve problems, they would use money for it. So instead of like trying to truly understand find find why they can't find customers, you could just pay for customers to come in um, profitably. Mm. So money doesn't – yeah, it's, it's ultimately – it's like the – you need product market fit – um, and you need a good business model before you just throw well, money and, at it. And you can't be building on a false economy. Exactly. Like exactly. one of the biggest platforms in the world wanted to buy My Millennial Money, the mm-hmm. podcast. And I'm like, no way, because if you don't renew, yeah. I'm not building my business on a false economy. Yes, exactly. It's all about longevity. You can listen to the Lazy CEO podcast right now, wherever you're listening to this. Jane Lou, thanks so much for coming on My Millennial Money. Thanks so much for having me. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. which holds financial services license 451289.